The following program is created for informational purposes only and does not constitute as medical advice. The views and opinions expressed on this program are those of the host. If you think you may have a medical emergency, consult your doctor. This is where the healing begins. This is Maximize Your Life with Dr. Leanne of Greenwood Family Chiropractic, where it's not only about neck and back pain, but a place for whole body wellness. Listen this hour as Dr. Leanne is here to share her wellness education to help you live a maximized life. For more information, visit GreenwoodFamilyChiropractic.com. Here's Dr. Leanne. Good morning. You're listening to Maximize Your Life. I'm Dr. Leanne Schluter, Greenwood Family Chiropractic, 317-893-2853, 317-893-2853, or you can always check us out online, greenwoodfamilychiropractic.com. That is greenwoodfamilychiropractic.com to schedule your initial exam and consultation. Today, we're talking about the cost of true health. Now, I will share with you, so what we do in our office, let's start here, Greenwood Family Chiropractic. I had a patient who came up to me this past week and she goes, is there anyone who does what you do here, right? And she like named a city and and we didn't have any doctors that were comparable, honestly. She goes, you know, because I have a friend who's young with all of these health issues and I if she didn't live two and a half hours away, because we have people who drive from an hour and a half each way. She was like, if she wasn't two and a half, three hours away, like I would have her here in a heartbeat. She said, the problem is, is that she's on the search for someone to actually get to the root cause of her health problems. And she feels like she's just getting the runaround. So it was kind of, it was, you know, it was a uh, sad because I don't really have anyone. So I gave her some questions to maybe ask that pr- practitioner. But it's one where like people are truly desiring to get down to the root cause of their health problems though on the secondary aspect too what I've been seeing more and more is that it's an unfortunate thing is that when we lose our health we will go to the ends of the earth to regain it I always used to I don't do this anymore but I used to ask individuals when they came into the office I said listen imagine you have a loved one right who had a terminal illness and you said, hey, living here in the United States, insurance would pay for 100%, but there's only about a 20% survival rate. Or you could say, hey, that same person could go overseas. It is $500,000 out of pocket, but it's a 100% success rate what would you do? And if you're right, because you're like, oh my gosh, that's a lot of money. And you're like, it is. But would you do anything or um, pay anything, go anywhere if you're like, this is a 100% success rate or even a 98 or give it a 90, 20 to 90, right? Of course, you will do anything. Because um, I had a friend who her dad went through a very odd, unique illness and 
you know, she said to me one day and it was, and it opened up my eyes so much because you just don't really think about it. She was like, I, I'm going in there and I'm standing by his bed and no one knows for certain what the follow-up is going to be. She was like, but I cannot tell you the amount of money that I would pay standing over that hospital bed. I would, I would give anything. Like I would sell my house. I would move across the country. I would pick up six jobs. If I knew that that money that I handed over would make it so that my dad would sit up in his hospital bed, look me in the eyes and say, hey, honey, where are we going to lunch? Right? Like it's you, you'll pay whatever you'll do whatever and you're like well what if you just take a fraction of that maybe it's not uh $500,000 what if you took 1% $5,000 and you invested that in your health over the course of many years right so that you never had that terminal illness or you never had that sickness or you were able to work more on preventing preventable diseases you know it's so crazy i was actually looking at what the average American actually spends. I'm going to give you this number when we come back, but I was actually looking at what the average American spends a year in healthcare spending. So the average US American healthcare spending per person. So I'm going to give you the family. And it is so crazy because most of these are on preventable diseases. But you're like, but there's no money in prevention. You know, I always think about in the office, it's uh, people don't often come in and say, hey, I, well, there are people who come in and they're like, hey, I just want to let you know I'm feeling good and I want to start being proactive so that I can maintain feeling good. I'll never forget. It was my second year in practice. He's still a patient to this day, almost 10 years later. Um, we've been in practice for like 12. He said um, he came in and it was late one day and we had already closed and she was like, he goes in and goes, hi, I just want to let you know. And I was like, oh, I'm so sorry. We're closed, but we can see you back um, tomorrow. And he was like, no, 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 no. I was over here and I wanted to step by and say that I listened to your radio show. And I said, well, goodness, thank you so much. Thank you so much for coming in. And um, I said, well, what do you have going on? And he was like, nothing. And I was like, oh, okay. And he was like, but I don't want to have something going on. So I just thought it would make more sense to like come in while I'm still well as opposed to waiting until I lose my health and then like trying to get it back. And I was like, oh, that's, that's really good. Because at the time even, being that we are, and I, and I just actually pulled it up, it, he is just shy of um, 10 years of being in the office. And what's really cool is that I say, hey, how you doing? And he was like, I'm doing well. And I was like, how'd you do when you started? He's like, I was doing well. And so it's hard sometimes for people's vision to be like, hi, I did all of these things over the course of the last 10 years and I'm the same. But that's the problem is that when you do nothing, it is not like health doesn't stay the same. You're either building health or you're building disease. There's no in between. Like you're not stagnant in, in terms of a cellular level. And so just looking at these examples of, of how we treat healthcare and what we're inevitably doing and, and why we just think like, oh, I can just ignore it and think that nothing's going to happen. And you're like, that's just not how health works. It's just not. So why, why is that the way that we're treating it? And you're like, and that's why we can't figure out 
why we're like the sickest country in the world. And people a decade and a half ago would argue with me about that. And now what they're seeing is that COVID really opened up people's eyes and you're like, same COVID, right? But it has all of these different detriments. And it's because if you have a sick person who gets sick, they're sicker. But we're all walking around sick. But as a country in the United States, we've normalized sickness, right? There's a pill, potion, lotion, or surgery for it. And we're like, well, we just can't figure out why we keep get, we keep staying sick. And you're like, because we've said, oh, it's okay. Your blood pressure medication doesn't work, add a second one. Blood pressure medication doesn't work, add a third one. That doesn't work, add a fourth one. It's like, has anyone talked to you about nutrition or lifestyle or exercise? Or do they just say, eat right and exercise. And in the meantime, here's a pill for it. It's just wild. So I've got some very startling statistics in terms of numbers. But before that, we've got some news. Dr. Leanne's Health News. Some studies suggest that too much sugar can literally mess with the brain. Health News now, one of the world's most commonly prescribed medications. Today, the average American consumes 22 teaspoons of sugar a day. Protesters say they just should not be forced to get this shot, not by the government. for today's health in the news oh very questionable i don't agree with but i think it is something that we need to break down and talk about experimental cancer vaccine combined with immunotherapy continues to show benefit among melanoma uh, trial shows so they're basically saying an investigational mrna vaccine used along with immunotherapies which is typically immunosuppressant shows benefits for people in high-risk forms of skin cancer. Uh, so basically what they were looking at is stage three or four melanoma, uh, fully removed, but we're still at high risk of the cancer coming back. Those who got the vaccine, <laughs> along with Keytruda immunotherapy, had a lower risk of recurrence and death, uh, distant tumor. So they go on just to talk about how the first approval for Keytruda they say, which um, affects the immune system's ability to detect and fight cancers for a certain cancer in 2014, baked through in the designs of mRNA. All of these things that we're saying, uh, phase 2B trial therapies have not been peer-reviewed or published in any professional journal. But of course, they're like, oh, this cures cancer, right? This is the next cure for cancer. It's a very short article that's basically like, maybe, maybe this can help. Like maybe this immunotherapy plus this mRNA vaccine, it can do it. It can help. Like we're fighting cancer. And you're like, is that how cancer works? Literally, is that how cancer works? And you're like, we have been taught to fear the sun. But yet somehow, in some way, We've been told that it is normal and okay to rub sunscreens, which we know are possibly carcinogenic, right? You want to argue with me? Look in the last four years. Look in the last four years how many recalls have happened on sunscreens because of the cancer-linked chemicals that also affect hormone disruption. But we're like, oh, to not a problem. Really, that's not a problem at all. But once you have it, right, like we can all agree burning is not the, the best, right? You don't want your sun to burn. But there is a reason why we should actually be exposed to sunlight. Sunlight, UVB more specifically, is what stimulates cholesterol uh, to turn into vitamin D. That is the best vitamin D. I saw someone, what's the best vitamin D supplement? I'm like, the sun? The sun is the best. Utilize the sun. 
And you're like, I don't have that. And you're like, okay, so then just do some oral supplementation. But, but we're like, no, cover up the skin, right? Brands, Copper Tone, Banana Boat, Neutrogena have all found carcinogenic. Products made with a chemical that may can, uh, contain benzophenones, uh, suspected carcinogenic that can also interfere with key hormones and reproductive organs. Research published. And that was in 2021. And there is even more that has been recent as well. And so when you look at it, you're like, oh, no, like, let's make it so that number one, vitamin D in proper levels helps stave off a lot of these cancers, right? Not doesn't, it doesn't get rid of them, but it stays off cancer. Why? Vitamin D is part of your immune system. So like, oh, my gosh, your immune system. And then you look at Keytruda, which is used um, for certain types of cancers, but then you look at like, what are some of the side effects? And you're like, okay, for people who have cancer, and you're like, mild side effects, belly pain, constipation, cough, diarrhea, fatigue, lack of energy, fever, loss of appetite, nausea, shortness of breath, muscle or bone pain, hair loss, itchy skin. And you're like, well, what about the serious stuff? And you're like, oh, yeah, that happens too. It's actually... um when your immune system becomes overactive and you've got these cell immune-mediated responses and you're like adrenal insufficiency, arthritis, colitis, and which affects the colon, encephalitis, which is swelling of the brain, hepatitis, i.e. liver damage, myasthenia gravis, which literally like solidifies the muscle, nephritis, it shuts down the kidneys, pancreatitis, that's the pancreas, uh, pneumonitis, which is different from pneumonia, but it affects the lungs, right? Uh, uveitis, which is a condition of one or both eyes, blood sugar levels, including type one and diabetic ketoacidosis. Like, does it sound like you're like Keytruda? I feel like this is a commercial on there all the time. Hormone problems, uh, which includes hypo, hyper, thyroiditis, um, severe skin infections, include Steven Johnson syndrome or toxic epidermal necrosis. Um, then you have other side effects in terms of immune system that affects your heart, your nervous system, your eyes, your stomach, your intestines, your blood, and your blood cells. And you're like, we cut out, Keytruda can cause serious problems and may lead to long-term problems. Brain, muscle function, memory loss, speech, memory problems, liver damage, scarring of the lungs, vision loss, glaucoma, and you're like, oh man, it might not seem as bad, but, and you're like, but okay, so how does, how does cancer happen? And you're like, well, it starts as an abnormal cell. And when that cell abnormality damages DNA to the point where then it's precancerous, right? Because cancer is an abnormal cell. Remember that cancer is an abnormal cell. And then so you have precancerous cells, which are abnormal cells that then go to cancer and all of these abnormal cells then eat away at all the things and you're like hmm but what is any of this addressing the abnormal cells what caused the abnormal cells or why it's there right like every situation every cancer is different the same cancer in different people are different right I had a mentor who had stage four uh, glioblastoma medical community allopathic community told him he had two weeks to live he said chemotherapy and radiation will not even buy you time and if anything it will massively degrade your quality of life and they said good luck bud and he was like you don't get to choose when i go the big guy up there does seven and a half years he lived doing natural therapies 
not chemotherapy, not radiation. Right? I had a girl who, who was like, that's not true. I'm like, you're going to tell me that my friend's life isn't true? Dr. Charlie Majors, look it up. He wrote a book called The Cancer Killer. He literally did cancer consult from his bedside before he passed uh, January of 2017. That man had another child. He changed my entire viewpoint in my life. But you know what he said? Seven and a half years, two weeks to seven and a half years that man fought. And he did it well and he did it gracefully to the point where MRIs can literally show you. You want to see objective measures? Like, look at his brain MRI. There's a tumor, there's not. How do you, they're like, we don't know. It must be a miracle. It's not. He, one, the power of God can do anything. But number two, like he took it into his own hands because that's not how cellular changes work. You could say, I don't want to be a type two diabetic, but you have a full cheesecake every night and you could try to pray that away. It's not going to work. That's not how the body works. And though he can work miracles, you have to be your own advocate for your body, right? And so it's like, well, well, how does cancer work? And you're like, he said, you want to know the best way, the best cure for cancer? And we're like, yes, please tell us. And he's like, don't get it to begin with. And what I see so unfortunately on the other side of things is that when you say, hey, here's a gym membership and you're like too expensive, too much time. You're like, here's some healthy fruits and vegetables or like too expensive, too much time, right? Here's, um, you know, adjustments and eating right, and exercising and all the things. And they're like, nope, too much, too appointment, not enough time. You're like, oh. So you just don't value it. People have time and money for what they value. And my question is, why are we not putting that value into our health? Why are we putting that value into sickness? And we're not putting that value into actual wellness. It's a question I haven't figured out yet. So, but when we come back, do you want to know what the average person, the average American spends in healthcare in a year? You will be astounded by this number. I'll tell you what it is next. You're listening to Maximize Your Life with Dr. Leanne. We're online with life-changing results and success stories at GreenwoodFamilyChiropractic.com. This is Maximize Your Life with Dr. Leanne of Greenwood Family Chiropractic. Here's Dr. Leanne. Welcome back. You're listening to Maximize Your Life. I'm Dr. Leanne Schluter, Greenwood Family Chiropractic, 317-893-2853, 317-893-2853, or you can always check us out online, greenwoodfamilychiropractic.com. That is greenwoodfamilychiropractic.com to schedule your initial exam and consultation. Today we are talking about just the cost of sickness versus the cost of wellness. So that would be one aspect. Most people are like, I'm healthy, I'm healthy, I'm healthy. And I'm like, okay, maybe. And some people are. Some people, I had a guy um, who came into the office recently and they said, okay, how many medications are you on? No, I said, are are there any um, current illnesses that you have? And he said, no, I'm on none. I said, "Uh, do see that uh you're on four medications and he was like yeah I was like two of them are high blood pressure and he's like yeah and I was like so you have high blood pressure and he was like no I was like uh I'm sorry say it again he was like I don't have high blood pressure I'm like you're on two medications which means it's so bad that the first one didn't work they had to put you on a second one and they probably increased the dosage on the first one 
before they put you on the second one. <laughs> and he was like, no, I don't, I don't have anything. And I was like, oh, that's what's happened. We've kind of tricked ourselves into thinking that if we take a medication, we're disease-free, right? When all of our numbers look good, we're, we're disease-free. And here's what's so frustrating about it is because I see how people spend their money. People have time and money for what they value, right? Uh, it's sad, but if you've ever known anyone who has had like maybe a stroke or a TIA, and after the hospital, what do they do? I'll never forget a couple of years back I had a patient and he had just that. He had a TIA, a mini stroke. And I um, called and talked to him and he was like, I just, I'm not doing this. And so he, um, I could still hear him on the phone. We'll call, we'll call him uh, George, right? So I'm like, George. I am so sorry this happened to you and I'm so grateful that you're alive. And he was like, yeah, but I'm having a hard time talking and I'm struggling to walk and they want to keep me in this inpatient facility for like, I don't know, it was four to six or six to eight weeks for me to get intensive rehab so that I could relearn to speak and I could relearn to walk. And I said, well, that sounds wonderful. And he goes, no, it doesn't. I'm not going to do it. And I was like, why would you not do that? And he was like, I'm not missing Christmas. And I said, hmm, George, let's talk. I said, I can only imagine what you're going through and how much you want to see family. I bet you can do something great with your family there. I said, but your sacrifice, like, God was like, it's not your time. So if anything, like, it's not your time. You still have a purpose to serve. And you can't do that if you can't speak and you can't walk. And I mean, you can, but maybe that's not it. And what if you put in that four to six or six to eight weeks and you really focus on getting yourself well and that you have the opportunity ability to make those changes, how amazing would that be? Like, how amazing would that be? And he goes, that would be really cool. And I'm like, yes, so you miss maybe this Christmas and you're not even missing Christmas. It's just going to look a little bit different, but you're doing the things that are going to help get you well. But you don't want to know what? Nothing else mattered in that moment but his health. Nothing else mattered in that moment but his health. Why do, we, why do we wait until we're on the verge of losing it and we're losing it to start taking care of it? Here's, this is crazy. So they looked at um, average Americans, right? This is the United States. This is not other countries. So this is not the average person. I corrected myself when I said it earlier. It's not the average person. It's the average person who lives in the United States in terms of health care, right? So it's crazy when you see these graphs because it's like, here is the healthcare spending per capita by health outcomes. So it's like average life expectancy. And you would think that like the more money that we spend, the longer that we live, right? And so there's this graph and it's like kind of a just a linear graph. It's like going up. And there's countries above and there's country below. And then there's all of a sudden the United States, who's like way at the bottom of the chart, which means we have not the best in terms of average life expectancy, but we are spending five to six times more than the countries, like <laughs> the individuals who are spending. So let me give you numbers, right? So let me break down the actual numbers. This is according um, to 2021, right? Because sometimes data takes a little bit of time to put together. 
uh, U.S. healthcare spending reached $4.3 trillion, which averages, which averages about $12,900 per American. Nine, twelve thousand nine hundred. It's almost thirteen thousand dollars a year per person in the United States. But we have somehow the poorest outcome. Math on my calculator, because that's what I do best, right? So, so that's one thousand seventy-five dollars. One thousand seventy-five dollars per month per person. So let's say the average family of four, that's $4,300. So that's like, and not everyone's going to spend that, right? So like for me, that's not what we spend in our family. But times 12 months, that's uh, almost $52,000 a year on average per person. And yet somehow we have the worst health outcomes, <laughs> And here's the other thing, too. We have spent more over the course of the last 11 years, 2021 or 2010 versus 2021. But yet somehow from a disease prevention standpoint, we have not bettered ourselves in terms of health outcome. I was reading it was talking about how majority of people who are going into the hospital and uh, will have medical debt, like one that is like bankruptcy-driven medical debt, but 60 to 65 of them actually have insurance. And you're like, oh. So people will say, that's too expensive. And you're like, mm, I will hone on that people have time and money for what they value. We do, uh, and if you listen to this, you probably listen to Dave Ramsey as well would be my assumption. You know, but if you look at people's budgets, and you're like, how much do you spend eating out? We, okay, are you guys, oh, are you ready for this? Okay, so um, we went out to dinner the other night. And uh, it was a special birthday. And we went to hibachi, right? So I got a plate. My husband got a plate. I think we split two plates within the kids. Got a sushi roll and I got a glass of wine. <laughs> this is crazy. Fast forward, um, we did or rewind, however. Um, then soon to follow, we have like a flat top. And so someone was like, hey, what do you want to do? We did like a Friendsgiving. And it was with all of my husband's friends and their kids. So a bunch of couples. I think in total, we ended up having like 24 people so I went to like the big box store um thank goodness for Costco and um I got steak shrimp chicken all the rice all the vegetables and did our own and it was maybe slightly more just a smidge slight more than it was to feed our family of five and I was like oh my gosh I literally could eat hibachi for my entire life um you know, so I mean, we don't go out very often. And that was a good reminder of why but I'm like, <gasps> and it was like, and we we did like nice stuff, right? Like it was, I got organic chicken, I got um, wild caught shrimp, like a bag of the frozen stuff. And I like, a, I don't know, whatever standard meat was there. But yeah, it was just crazy. Like even with insurance, and you look at people so many times, and I feel like I'm paying into it right now. When we look at like Medicare, 
Here's something that's really interesting. This is a Medicare guideline. So when people come in and they're like, I have Medicare, does it cover anything? And I was like, it should. It should. You should be able to use it however you want to. But that's not how the government-run entity works, unfortunately. Are you ready for this? This is this is uh, <laughs> memorable, writer downer. This is a CMS guideline. So it's a Medicare guideline. Uh, section 2251.3, section B. Good. This is CMS.org. A treatment plan that seeks to prevent disease, promote health, prolong and enhance the quality of life, or a therapy that is performed to maintain or prevent deterioration of a chronic condition is deemed not medically necessary. You want to be well? Not medically necessary. You want to prevent uh, degeneration in your spine, osteoarthritis? Not medically necessary. They're like, no, uh uh-uh. Why would we pay for that? You want that hip surgery, though? We got it. We'll pay it. But here's even so. Even with insurance, um, Medicare and um, private pay insurances still pay out. They said the average hospital stay, total, this is across the board, the average hospital stay is 4.6 days at an average of $13,262. For four and a half days. And you're like, granted, there's a time and a place for medicine, right? So don't come at me saying I'm anti-medicine or I'm anti-doctors because I'm not. There's a time and a place, most definitely. But when you're looking at the cost of what these preventable diseases are, it's astounding. And even so, if you're like, well, I don't have Medicare, so that doesn't apply to me. You always had to go through with a patient and you're like, you know, Blue Cross and Blue Shield, chiropractic maintenance therapies. Uh, ongoing treatment after a condition has been stabilized or reach a clinical plateau, which is called maximum therapeutic benefit, does not qualify as medical necessity as considered maintenance care. Supportive therapies also refers to therapies that is needed to maintain or sustain level of function. Maintenance care and supportive care are not medically reasonable or necessary and are not. And they actually put that in caps too. Thanks, Blue Cross and Blue Shield. Not payable. People are like, I'm only going to do it if my insurance covers it. And you're like, your insurance coverage is going to keep you in that gray line. There's no money if you're dead. There's no money if you're well. The gray line in between is where they would want to keep you. And so when we actually talk and break down what some of these preventable diseases are and how we go about it, I think it's really interesting information. And we'll dive down deeper into what those specific costs are next. You're listening to Maximize Your Life with Dr. Leanne. We're online with life-changing results and success stories at GreenwoodFamilyChiropractic.com. You're listening to Maximize Your Life with Dr. Leanne. Hear full shows on the podcast link at Freedom95.us. Here's Dr. Leanne. Welcome back. As always, you're listening to Maximize Your Life. I'm Dr. Leanne Schluter, Greenwood Family Chiropractic, 317-893-2853, 317-893-2853, greenwoodfamilychiropractic.com. That's greenwoodfamilychiropractic.com to schedule your initial exam and consultation. Today, we're talking about investing in health, 
cost of sick care versus wellness care? And then really a, a great question that I'm often asked is, how do I ask the right questions? Here's what I will say. Um, there's a time and place for medicine, right? Appendicitis. I had one patient. She goes, two reasons why I will ever go to the hospital if I'm having an active heart attack or stroke or if I have a broken bone. If that, I'm not going. And I was like, that's fair, right? Like we, we need that septic. That's probably also another one that's interesting about septicemia on the list because especially with the elderly population, it is more common, you know. Um, but then I'm like, well, why, why can't we talk about like increasing health when it comes to the elderly population, that's like a what we're working on with the IV spot, which is really cool at Prime IV, but um, that's not the talk for here today. But no, we are actively working on that. It's one of those ones. Overall, I want to see people get better. And you just see how like staggering these numbers are in terms of where we stand out in health and like the cost of preventable diseases, right? Like there are, there's a difference between like I got into a, I got T-boned by a semi and you're like, I don't believe in medicine. You're like, that's not what I'm talking about, right? Like, don't do that. When we're talking about preventable diseases and why are they not? So this is when you're looking at like what you can do to prevent these disease processes. And you're like, no one wants to have, they're hard conversations, right? No one wants to have them. You know, I always think back, it's a quote we have in the office, but it was Hippocrates, look well to the spine for the cause of disease. Look well to the spine for the cause of disease. I mean, he was known as the father of medicine. You know, and this is hundreds of years ago, more or less. What, like, and we know the things, but yet somehow it's just hard to break out of our, this is what we do. I, um, and when you look at the cost of what we spend on this, that's the other thing that's just a guess. And we're like, oh, no. I'm not going to get adjusted. That sounds crazy. And you're like, literally what we do specifically at our office helps with slowing, stopping, reversing, if we can, depending on how much, the process of osteoarthritis, right? Hip degeneration, joint degeneration. Yet somehow there's 1.1 million hospital stays in the average year. That was uh, overnight stays throughout 2022. Diabetes, 678 hospital stays. You know, I've talked to, um, I had a nurse who worked in dialysis and I said, how many of the people think that they're in there because they actually have like a genetic problem or something happened or it's lifestyle related? And she was like, uh, 97% is lifestyle related, chronic dehydration and uh, chronic overuse of pain relievers. Shuts down your kidneys. You're like, come on, man. Cost of surgery. Again. Average hospital stay, four days, $13,000. It goes up a little bit more when you have septicemia. That's 19,000. But here, heart valve replacement. Heart valve replacement, $170,000. Heart bypass, $123,000. My grandfather had a quadruple bypass when he was uh, in his early 40s. And you're like, oh, man, maybe that just runs in my family. No, you want to know what he did? He was a drinker and he was a smoker. And he died when I was like 11. 
because he was a drinker and he was a smoker. He made lifestyle decisions that took his health. It's a preventable disease. And you're like, does that sink? Yeah, spinal fusions, right? Thank goodness we have these for like motor vehicle accidents. When you have a chip of bone floating throughout your spinal canal, you fall off a roof, you chip off a bone, and it is floating in your spinal canal. That is not the average spinal surgery, by far the minority. Trauma-based surgical fusions are more the minorities, not the majorities. Majorities of spinal fusions are um, are due to chronic wear and tear because you ignored it. I can't afford the chiropractor. I can't afford it. It costs too much money. It's not in the budget. Was this, was a spinal fusion in the budget? I have a family member who just went through back surgery. And they're like, yep, this is it, right? She has radiating pain down her leg, into her heel, week in no change two weeks in no change she is now almost five weeks in and she is in more pain with the same amount of radiculopathy and the the um the justification is that oh when we did surgery maybe it quote woke up a nerve what they talk about spinal fusions but i looked this is like a general one i looked at uh eskenazi the state of Indiana requires hospitals to be transparent about shoppable fees. And this was when I looked, it was about two years ago. So I could only assume that it's more, but lumbar or thoracic, so lower back or middle back, a surgical fusion was $114,000. If it was in the cervical spine, it was $134,000. $134,000 with an incredibly high uh, failure rate. Hip replacement, $40,000. Knee replacement, $35,000. Angioplasty, 25,000. Hip resurfacing, 28,000. And you might be thinking gastric bypass, 25,000. Um, gastric sleeve, 16,000. And you're thinking like hip and knee replacements. No, that's outside, right? Like that is outside of my control. It's not. It's wear and tear. If your pelvis is rotated on leveling and you don't have a doctor who's actively working on, on changing the structure, well, then that process of osteoarthritis will probably continue. Now, and those are not even the costs when you take into consideration operating room per hour cost, anesthesia, surgeon fees, hospital costs before surgery, pre-surgery treatment, um, anti-injection medication, anti-rejection medication, visits with a surgeon, deductibles, co-pays, non-medical expenses, childcare, traveling, loss of wages, right? Like none of those are considered in there. And you're like, well, what, how can you afford not to take care of your health? And you're like, oh, because it's an investment now, I don't see value because I haven't actually actively lost my health. Guys, we have to do better. And so those are ones if you're like, hi, if I come to Greenwood Family Chiropractic, can you help me stay well? And you're like, well, that would be inevitably the goal, right? Like we don't put you on medication. We don't take you off medication. But what if we could be proactive on maintaining your health as opposed to waiting until you lose it to then try to be proactive, why are we doing this circular route of like, we lose it, we try to regain it. We lose it, we try to regain it. Please, take advantage of your health now, not later. It's easier to stay well than it is to get well. It's just crazy. Now, what to ask now if you're just tuning in, you're listening to Maximize Your Life. I'm Dr. Leanne. Now, let's talk about some good questions to ask your practitioner. Remember this is that um, your doctor works for you. It's a little bit different when you're in the hospital in an emergent situation, right? Because you're like, I don't want you as my doctor. And you're like, um, do you want to keep your leg? And you're like, okay, so I'm your doctor. <laughs> it's not one of those. 
But that's the minority of cases. So oftentimes, I think that we forget. Um, I had a patient who's like, hi, I don't want to take this medication. I was like, just a reminder, I don't put you on that medication. I don't take you off that medication. Have you talked to your provider about it? And she was like, yeah. She said, if I'm not taking it, she's going to dismiss me from care. And I was like, well, that that sounds like a threat. Like, you take this medication or you're not my patient. <sighs> and so that's kind of sad, right? Because it's like, hi, I want you to do something that you're not comfortable with. So instead of that practitioner sitting down and saying, hey, why don't you want to take this? What are some of the alternatives? What could be some different options, right? Like it might be one if you say, hey, my blood pressure is 200 over 120. You know, I'm naturally minded, but I'm going to tell you you should probably take that medication, right? Like now maybe that's figuring out like, hey, I don't want to take this medication. And that practitioner could have sat down and actually communicated well and said, okay, can you help me understand why don't you want to take this? Well, I don't want to start a medication for the rest of my life. Okay, well, then let's work on how do we figure out how not to take this for the rest of your life, but with right now, because you're in the danger of having an artery explode in your brain, right? Like this is a big deal. So why don't we monitor it now and then figure out what our actionable steps are for follow-up? Hey, I don't, like if a medication, for example, there's a group of antibiotics that cause uh, rupture of the Achilles tendon. It's known to cause severe neurological deficits, um, seizures, right? Like all the things. So if someone said, hi, I want you to take you this antibiotic. Maybe I'll say, I don't want to take that antibiotic. And if they said, well, if you don't take it, you're not my patient. I'd be like, bye. Right? Or they could they could like communicate with you like you're not a child, like you're a human, right? And like you have feelings and emotions and you're allowed to also have opinions or desires for your health even though you didn't go to a secondary specialty school, right? And so I look at that aspect and you're like, well, what if? What if you said, hey, why don't you want to take this medication? I could say, well, I've only had it for a day. I want to see if my body's able to fight it. Or can I try it? And if this happens, or is there a different class of antibiotics that maybe are less harmful, right? Or maybe that's not an option. Maybe this is the one and only, you know, but if you don't have that conversation, and then it is, if you're recommending a medication, is this for a current, like, is this a, could this be a possibility of a side effect of a medication that I'm on, even if you've been on it for five or 10 years? Hi, new symptoms, right? Like new side effects can show up from a medication, even if you've been taking it for a couple years, right? I want everyone to like hear that well. You can have new side effects of a medication. We think side effects are only going to come 90 to 120 days in, and that's not true. You know, is there like, what's the, but I always think like, there's probably better verbiage, but like, what's the end game? Like, you want to start that? Is that a forever thing? Is it one that we're on it until we have a tolerance and then we increase the dosage is it something that's a short term is it a long term is there any side effects does it interact with any of the current medication that i'm on or some that you might put me on the future does it interact with any of the over-the-counters um, inevitably is your goal to help me stay on the same amount of medication or reduce it if it is to reduce it what does that look like hmm. so just crazy right like ask those questions. It is your health. If something goes wrong, do you know who's going to be there? You and your loved ones. Those people aren't coming home with you. 
And although I'm sure no one got into medicine, doctors became doctors and nurses became nurses to help people. Now, unfortunately, a lot of those come into a little bit of a box where that, that helps come in the form of a pill or a surgery. And so if that's something that you don't desire, you have every right to ask those questions. And you have those right to ask those questions regardless of where you're at in the relationship with that practitioner. If it's in the beginning, if it's in the middle, if it's inevitably the start to the end, right? Like it is your body, it's your health, it's your choice. Don't be afraid to ask those questions. It's okay. Have a practitioner. If you don't feel like you have a practitioner on your side who's actively trying to fight for your health and for you to regain your health, and that's something that's important to you, it might be time for reevaluation, right? Which is why that's something that we can always help lead and guide you at as well in our office at Greenwood Family Chiropractic. 317-893-2853, 317-893-2853, or schedule an appointment online, greenwoodfamilychiropractic.com, greenwoodfamilychiropractic.com to schedule your initial exam and consultation. Let them know you came from the radio so you can get our special radio discount. Thanks so much for tuning in. Look forward to next week, but always remember that your power is on.